taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress. To the city point, giving him your best, nothing like the rest, passing every test. You know he's the one, yeah. Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress. To the city point, giving him your best, nothing like the rest, passing every test. You know he's the one, yeah. Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress. To the city point, giving him your best, nothing like the rest, passing every test. You know he's the one, yeah. It is good to be able to be with you guys this morning. Happy Sunday to everybody. I want to jump into uh, a word um, and really this series that I want to jump into for the remainder of the month. I I want it to be deeply personal and I want to effectively do what I would consider like large group discipleship, right? Discipling is effectively when one Christian um, seeks to pour their life into another Christian um, so that a person's walk in Jesus Christ is developed through their relationship with a person, right? That's the way that uh, Jesus transformed the lives of the people that he called his disciples. It was through uh, spending time together. It was through the mentoring, through um, all those myriad touch points that they had. Um, They were following his life. And so when we talk about discipling in the church, we're talking about Christians coming alongside other Christians, uh, living life with them or um, sharing things through their stories, uh, through their life story that can help other people on the journey. And so that's effectively what I want to do for um, for these next few Sundays that we're going to be in this series. Um, And so I'm going to, again, just be looking to get deeply personal and hoping that from my testimony, uh, specifically related to God and finances, that it will help some people, that it will uh, help fill in some gaps. Um, I was with a member a couple days ago uh, and the person was sharing with me like, hey, it would be really dope. Like there's a lot of people that really look up to you and Carla and that admire some of the things that have happened in your lives. But it would be dope to kind of pull back the curtain Um, to show like these examples of sowing and reaping and, um, and, and how this journey with God has taken place and has, um, uh, enabled you to be at this place that you're at now. And so I I thought that that was a a great idea. I, I know wisdom when I hear it. And I thought that that was a really, really good idea. So that's what I want to do for this um, for these next few Sundays that will be in our kind of annual series on finance. I'm going to take a personal uh, look at this thing. So uh, so today I want to talk about why I tithe. That's what I want to talk about, why I tithe. And about with me in a word of prayer, and then we'll jump right in. Lord, we thank you for giving us this chance to come together. I thank you for giving me this chance to pour into your people. I pray that it will be real and relevant in a way that will be helpful and impactful to them. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So I want to look at uh, Malachi chapter 3 and uh, read, I'll, I'll read verse 10. It says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. There's an earlier verse there. If we go back two verses in verse eight, it says, will a mere mortal rob God, yet you rob me. But you ask, how are you? How are we robbing you in tithes and offerings? 
So I, I want to talk a, a bit about um, just why I tithe. I want to talk about why I tithe. So the biblical framework around why I'm doing it the way that I'm doing it, these next few sermons together, comes out of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. Uh, and, in, and there from the NIV, Paul says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. And so effectively, that's what I'm going to be looking to do out of this series is just like give y'all my story. Follow me uh, as I have as I am following Christ or following the word of God. Um, so in thinking about the question why I tithe, I think, first of all, it's necessary um, to go back to like kind of the origins of it. So. I grew up in the church, I think. So my mom is a very like churchy person, right? Like in the way that some people go to the club, like my mom goes to church. Like she's that kind of churchy person. She enjoys being in church services. And so likewise for me, like growing up, like church was just a foregone conclusion. Like it was just what we were going to do. Um, and even when we moved away to the suburbs and it was, 45 minutes to get back to the west side to our church like that's just what it was we were going to go to church and so i've been in church my entire life like whenever the doctor said it was okay for me to leave the house like i went to church that sunday and i've been in church nearly every sunday since then except for like sabbatical like real talk so i grew up in church and, and my mom is a tither my grandmother was a tither and so I grew up very much in this familial situation where tithing was just a practice. So much so that like when I uh, got my first job, it was just an expectation. Like it was like taxes or any other thing, like you pay your tithes, that's what you do. And so for me, it never really was, uh, I never really had a time in my life where I wrestled with whether or not to tithe. It just was a thing that I grew up with, right? They trained up the child in a way that they should go. And now he is old and has not departed from it. Um, and so my first job at age 14, when I got my like a week after I was old enough to get my work permit, I got a job because my friends worked there at the McDonald's in Woodfield Mall in Schaumburg. And that was my first job. And that little um, what was minimum wage back then, like six dollars an hour, five dollars an hour or something, maybe even less than that. Like my check, the $82.16 for all the work that I probably did over two weeks working on weekends, like I paid my tithes out of that. And so that began a practice that I just continue uh, to this day. Um, but, but I want to talk about just kind of um, like three reasons that I will say that I tithe. And here they are. First of all, I tithe because the Bible teaches me. Second of all, I tithe because my experience convinces me. And thirdly, I tithe because of my belief in the because my belief in the church compels me. So let me say that again. I tithe because the Bible teaches me because my experience convinces me and because my belief in the church compels me. So let's just go down these one go uh, through these one by one. First of all, I tithe because the Bible teaches me. So going back to that Malachi verse, Malachi chapter three, verse 10, you've heard that before. If you've been in church any period of time, if you uh, have been in city point, like every year, pretty much the first or second Sunday of the year, I do my annual uh, sermon on tithing and giving. You've heard me preach this verse background of that verse, right? Is 
Um, God speaks through the prophet. God is like, man, tell the people, quit playing with me. Um, they spend their money. They spend money. Let me let me get that right. Not their money, but they spend money on all the things that are important to them and creating luxuries for themselves. But they have neglected to run me what's mine. And so there's this principle that's laid out there as well as other places throughout scripture where the tenth belongs to God. Right. So like we're not the principle is we're not giving God some money. All of it is in the first place. The tenth God has sanctified or set aside for himself, for God's purposes. And we are to bring that tithe into the storehouse. The way we translate that into modern uh, space is we bring that into the church. And so the reason that I tithe is because of that very just biblical thing. The Bible teaches me that I should tithe. And so that's what's happening there in Malachi chapter three. God is upset because of this. And he sends word through the prophet um, that um, that God is upset about it. And so God talks about it as robbery, right, of not running God what's what belongs to God. Um, There are several purposes that the tithe functioned in in biblical times. Um, The first function was it was to take care of all of the expenses related to the tabernacle or later on the temple. Just as just as in like it is reality that it costs money like to run your house, even if your house is paid off, like it does not exist into perpetuity without expenses like it costs money for that thing to run. In the same way, whether we talk in tabernacle or whether we talk in temple, the things of God cost money and people who have a problem with that. This ain't the sermon for you. I'm not even going to chase that down because there's some other just bigger things that are just there's some bigger challenges. Let me just say that the things of God cost money and. Uh, I'm not ashamed to say that. I will say that for a lot of a lot of the course of time that I have been a pastor, I have oftentimes felt the need to um, make up for the ways in which um, other pastors have like have like bastardized this subject of tithing, have mishandled it, have mismanaged it and have used it to abuse people and to abuse the church. This ain't that. And for those of you that have been around City Point for any amount of time, if you were around last Sunday, you heard me give like a uh, like kick off the year talking about how much money came into the church down to the penny. Uh, Those of you that know me, you know, my hustle, you know, my grind uh, outside of the church to get the things that I want for myself and for my family and how hard uh, my spouse works as well to get the things that we want for our family. So. This the tithe is not my hustle. Um, This notion, this idea is not my hustle. And I hope that um, the things that I have done over the years or the months or the weeks, however long you've been a part of what we're doing, have convinced you of that. And if it hasn't, I think you should find a space like a church space, a pastor, a spiritual leader, somebody that you do trust in that way. But I do think that it is a lazy way that some people just get out of robbing God is just by saying they don't trust the church. And to be frank, like that's just gaslighting to just keep it 100 with you. So I digress. So 
Part of it is to take care of the affairs of, um, of the tabernacle or later on the temple or in this dispensation is to take care of the affairs of the church. Right. The second thing, it is to take care of um, those who take care of the church. Right. And so in that day, there were the Levites who were not given an allotment of land and those Levites had to take care of their families. They had to eat. They had to live just like everybody else. And they, unlike the other tribes, did not get an allotment of land because they weren't supposed to be farming the land. They were supposed to be taking care of day in and day out the burning of the incense, the worshiping at the altar, the sacrifices, all of that stuff they were supposed to be preoccupied with. And so the agreement was everybody bring your 10th. That part of what, what that's going to do is make sure that there is enough to take care of those that are taking care of the business of God. In modern day, it is no difference. There are people like me, like my friends who pastor churches, like musicians who rehearse during the week and then they come on Sunday and, and they perform. They do their thing like these people. They work for the church like they have families to feed as well. And people get compensated for the work that they do. It works at different on different levels at different churches. In the case of City Point, I'm the only full timer. Everybody else is a contractor working various number of numbers of hours. Some churches that have much bigger operations, they have a much bigger staff. Some with staffs as big as 30, 50, 100 people, all 100 people. They got daycare payments, too. They've got rent and mortgages, too. They've got student loans to pay off, too. All the things that regular people have. And so a part of the tithe pays the salaries of those people. In the case of City Point, our budget is approved by a board of nine people. That does not include me, including my salary and all the rest of the expenses that we pay out as a church approved in the budget. There's a finance team and a CFO that looks at all the comings and goings of the money and all of that to make sure that everything is above board. So that's how it works now. And that's how it used to work um, in, in the way that I described before then. Right. So. Um, the, 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 the tithe had just uh, just these these several purposes. And then the thirdly, the third one is that it had a, a purpose for benevolence. Right. That storehouse was also meant to function as a safety net, social safety net for the people of God. So that if they fell on hard times, if their crops failed, if they were in need, they could turn to the temple, they could turn to the tabernacle, they could turn to the church to provide those things. And we seek to do the same thing, uh, whether it is through our community fund or through just regular old benevolence, seek to function in the same way. Again, if you've been around for any amount of time, you know that's what we do, that's what we're about. So the first reason that I tithe, again, is because the Bible teaches me. The second reason that I tithe is because my experience convinces me. So again, I started tithing way back, age 14. That's uh, back when I started tithing. Um, and, and what I've experienced is that I cannot beat God giving. They used to say that in a church that I grew up in. And that is like hundred percent facts. My experience has been that I cannot outgive God. When I give to God, God gives back to me. It is some kind of way that God runs God's economy, that it just functions that way. 
And some of you testify in the chat. If that's been testify in the chat, if that's been your experience that you cannot beat God giving that somehow, some way God matches or beats what we tend to give to him. Carl and I live off of the 90% have done that our entire, um, our entire lives together. And, um, we give, we tie the 10th, sometimes a little bit more. We tie that 10th, live off the other 90% and God makes that 90% spend like 110%, sometimes 150%. I have stupid, ridiculous favor on my life. I don't know. I, 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 I was going to say, I don't know why, or I don't know where it comes from, but I believe where it comes from is how I, how we as a family have stewarded that which God has given to us. God was able to trust me with a little going all the way back to that, that $6 an hour McDonald's job at 14. God could trust me with that. He could trust me with a little bit more when I got a little bit older and God could trust me with a little bit more as I got older and God has continually been able to trust me. And I honestly believe that that's why he keeps on adding more as any good parent would do. I ain't going to give you a, I, I, I am, I, I, we plan to buy Layla her first car. You're going to start out with something that you can scrape up on the curb and all of that stuff. And we'll see if you come home on curfew with a very basic car, a used one at that. And if you do all right with that one, if we can trust you with that one, then when you get ready to go off to college, we'll get you a better one because we could trust you. And when you graduate college, we'll probably get you another one, an even better one. If you do right by that one, if you change the oil, if you keep up the, the, the maintenance on the car, if you keep it clean, will get you a better one. And I believe that God functions in the same way. That has 100% been my experience with God. And let me say that, that giving is an indication of something much deeper as it relates to one's relationship with God. Here's how I wrote works with me. If I mess with you, you got my money that there is nothing that I won't do for you financially if I can do it, if I mess with you. But if I don't mess with you, you ain't getting my money. And I think that that's the way that it works with most people, right? And I think that that's the way that it works with God. The inability to give money to God or to the things that God calls God's own that that's a deeper implication of whether or not one has given oneself to God. And I think that we all need to examine ourselves there. If I'm tight with my money, am I tight with everything else as it relates to surrendering it to God? Um, I'll share this uh, short anecdote real quick and then um, kind of hurry on to the third point so I can close. Um, back in 2014, I was teaching full time. I was working at City Point full time and friend of mine, Wendell Martin, used to be our co-pastor, had just moved back from Atlanta and he came on as a consultant. And after a few months, I asked him, I told him it was in my spirit uh, that we should be co-pastors. Now, I had been pastoring the church solo for six years at that point, And I felt God pushing me to bring somebody on to not as an assistant, but as a co-equal pastor. 
And so he agreed to do it. And so it was on my heart that we should split my salary. I made $55,000 at the time. So we split it, 27,500. I made 27,500 he made. I made that sacrifice in obedience to do what I felt like God was calling me to do. That was August. We became co-pastors August, uh, first Sunday in August, 2014. By that next summer, God had given me back every single penny, nearly down to the penny, everything that I had given up through a raise that I got at the school where I was working. And secondly, through a raise that Carla had gotten nearly to the penny. God gave that entire twenty seven thousand five hundred dollars back because I did what God told me to do. It was a sacrifice in terms of like leadership, but it was also a sacrifice in terms of money. I'm just trying to get you guys to see that when you obey God, when you are willing to sacrifice for the things of God, God does what God does. God takes care of you. Let, let me push this thing along and share with you thirdly, um, thirdly and finally. Um, the, oh, let me share this verse real quick. Second um, Corinthians nine and six says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. I live by that. And I have seen it come true. Let me share with you thoroughly and finally um, that the reason that I tithe is because my belief in the church compels me. I, I believe in the church of Jesus Christ. I do. It has its problems. It has major problems, but I believe in it. And particularly this church, City Point Community Church, I deeply with everything in me before Layla was my baby. This was my baby. I, I have never worked at anything harder than I have worked at this. I believe in this. I believe in what we are doing. I, I, I believe in the possibilities. I believe in what we have done in the past, that it has been the right thing. I believe in our I believe that our innovative approach to ministry has been a game changer for churches around the country. It's been a game changer for churches around the world. I wish I could show you my my Facebook inbox with Folks from the continent of Africa reaching out saying, yo, I appreciate what you're doing. Let's connect. Let's talk like I believe. And, and it has been quite the journey. Those of you that have been along for the whole journey, right? We're on a might feel like we're on a weird thing now in person. First Sundays online the rest of the month. We've always been a weird church. We were a church in a jazz club with a big old picture of Charlie Parker in the back of the stage behind me while I was preaching. Cavassier, Hennessy, uh, Bacardi, uh, all the good stuff at the bar. As soon as you walk in the church like that, that was our first place in the South Loop. When we got City Point Loft, the first one on 23rd in Michigan, it was radical and crazy for us to have a church facility where people were having events on a Saturday. And then we gonna have the nerve to be worshiping on Sunday. And this is our place. And, and people struggle with that and wrestle with that. And now it is it has become the innovative tool that we have leveraged to provide employment for people and to underwrite. In some in some years, a quarter of the budget of our church, we have always been a different kind of church. 
And I believe in this model, these models that we have developed and created. I believe in cooperative economics. I believe in a church that reimagines its offering plate is not just a, a tool to provide more comforts for people, to provide more Christian and spiritual entertainment for people, to pump people up, to um, excite people, to refill people so they could go out in the week and have to come in and get another hit, get another shot. I believe in our idea that we can reimagine that and think about that as black and brown and Asian wealth that can be reimagined and distributed to our members to make sure that nobody is ever in need, that nobody is ever on the bus when they should be in a car in the winter, that nobody is ever outdoors when they should have a home to live in, that nobody should ever uh, be at a lack when we as a body, as a community of believers have the wealth that God has given us financially and socially that we can pour into each other. I believe in this and it is why I continue to show up to do this work, but it is not only me showing up to do the work, it is also me showing up with my check. And so I tithe because I believe in the church and my belief in the church compels me. And so I close with this. Thank you for believing like I believe to the tune of five hundred and seventeen thousand dollars in twenty twenty two. You all believed in that way. Thank you for believing in that way. For, for those of you that, that know that you could tithe, you absolutely can because you make enough. You absolutely can live off the 90. It is just whatever reluctancy. Get in. Jump in. If you believe in this, if you believe in this, let your belief compel you to participate like others of us are participating. When I, when I was a teenager, we used to ante up our money. Um, everybody put something on a weed. You didn't, we didn't all put in the same thing. I might have just gotten paid that day, so I might have not put five on it. I might have put ten on it. Somebody else ain't have much money. They just put a dollar on it. Some, somebody else had a little more money. They put five on it, but we all put that together so we could go get our dub so we can smoke. Some of you, that's your testimony. That might be in your testimony this weekend of Annie and up so that you could smoke. That same principle applies to the church. We need everybody to put in on it. If, if we could do what we could do last year with those who put in on it, what could we do with 100 percent participation? Sky is the limit. And it will not be a loss to you because you cannot beat God giving. You cannot beat God giving. Let me invite you in. That's why I give. That is why I tithe. Let us pray. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you for pressing us. Thank you for pushing us um, to just just reflect on how we are with money. I pray in Jesus name that you will um, just uh, just help us to get over whatever the obstacles are that are keeping us from stewarding our finances in such a way that we tithe. I pray these blessings in Jesus name. Amen. Amen.